Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, we are business creators, and here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Now, be sure to check out our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. There, you will find a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you, as well as the opportunity to subscribe on your favorite syndication network. Today, we are going to cover a topic that I have wanted to have on Business Creators Radio for a while. And this is a gentleman who I've had on my radar screen. I wanted to have him on Business Creators Radio Show, and I've been so blessed that he is able to make a little time for us out of his extremely busy schedule here. So we're really appreciative of him for that. And the topics related to increasing your profit, uh, managing your profit leaks, and growing your revenue tend to trend very hard and very successfully here on Business Creators Radio Show. I'm excited that we are today going to discuss the topic of pulling profit out of a hat. Sounds magical? Well, the magician who's going to help guide us through that today, his name is Monty Wyatt, and I'm going to tell you just a little bit about him. He's an award-winning business coach, and as one of the top coaches in action coach business coaching, Monty brings over 20 years of remarkable leadership, business, and personal development experience to executives and business owners. And as you'll discover, his grand promise is threefold. Advance a career, transform a company, achieve incredible results. So in order to fulfill these promises, I'll just share a little bit about what he does. He defines what he does in four words. There's awareness, helping you see things you cannot see in yourself in your organization. Education, bringing proven strategies and leadership and management, influencing up and down and training your team, strategic thinking and execution planning, communication, adapting business and personal development. I know, getting pretty exciting. Implementation. He assists you in thinking through and pointing the education and the practice into your daily activities. And, of course, discipline. He holds you accountable to your goals and actions that you commit to. So, Monty, come on in. The weather's fine. Adam, I appreciate it. Look forward to the conversation. Oh, you bet. And I, and I, know, and I know we're especially appreciative. I know you're kind of fitting us in. I know you have a lot of speaking engagements going on and everything else. So, appreciate that. So let's, first of all, just take a quick step back before we get into the main topic. And what I like to do here is by now, we have people leaning in, and they're opening separate browser tabs. They're looking up this Monty Wyatt, and they're binging the Googles out of the Yahoos to discover things about topics like pulling profits out of a hat and your website, adzerosnow.com. Let's discover just a little bit about the man and tell us, a little bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. You bet. Well, appreciate that. Uh, I, uh, I'm i a farm boy from Iowa, and I, I live in Iowa now, live in Des Moines, and uh, spent, uh, well, I, I went to Iowa State University and studied agricultural business and then spent 14 years in the ag chemical world. Um, Worked for a global manufacturer of uh, um, pesticides and herbicides, those kind of things. And I traveled the world uh, 
during that stint of my life and lived in many places around the country. Uh, but that just kept me uh, from really settling down. So after 14 years there, my wife and I decided it was time for something different. It was, wasn't good to be traveling to raise a family or to have a great marriage. And so in 2004, I left that life and became part of Action Coach Business Coaching. And uh, for the last 15 years, I have been helping CEOs, business owners, grow their organizations, grow their teams, and grow their own abilities uh, to lead and manage their organizations. And uh, so that's just been a, a big passion of mine is helping people see how small changes can make such big impacts in, in an organization. That's funny. We, uh, you and I have a bit of a simpatico here because in my book, Groundhog Day is an Event, Not a Business Strategy, we deal with a very similar thing. It's those little things burrowed beneath the surface, sometimes beneath the foundation where you can't even see it, that can be causing big ripple effects in the business. And when we bring the groundhogs to the surface, they bring with them rich, fertile soil that they dig out of their burrows, which turns the grass greener on our side of the fence. So it's funny that you and I have sort of this same awareness and sometimes it's those smaller issues and when we address those then we can gain the bigger results. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. So there's a couple things here we want to do here to define our terms so that our listeners can understand the full breadth and depth of what you're sharing. So let's begin with how Monty Wyatt defines a successful business. How do you do it? You know, as I as I look at uh, working with an organization and helping uh, the business leader think differently, I give them a different definition. And here's what it is, and I'll, I'm going to give it to you, and then I'll explain a little bit. A great, successful business is sustainable, predictable, stable, consistent, and has an emotional connection. Now, now let me explain that a little bit. A sustainable business means that it's going to be here a long time. It should outlast every person that's in it today, especially the leaders of the business. So that's sustainable. Predictable means that we've got our sales and marketing activities in place uh, so we know when we do certain actions, we can predict the future. Our product line, our portfolio, our processes help us predict the future. That's predictability. Stable means that we have high employee retention, means that we are providing great service to our, our customers, and we have developed our team, and they love working for us so they can serve that customer base. That's stability. The, third, the, the next one, uh, actually fourth word, is consistent. Every person that... Uh, is buying from a company. Every person that works for a company wants consistency. As a consumer, we want consistency. Know what we want. We want to know what to expect every time we interact with this company. As an employee, we should we should know and get what we expect for consistency each time as well. That's processes and activities inside the business that makes us consistent. And then the last piece that I had in there is. It has an emotional connection, meaning that we as not only employees but as customers, we have an emotional connection with the organization, with their values, their beliefs, their purpose, their drive, their connectivity. So a great business, a successful business is sustainable, predictable, stable, consistent, and has an emotional connection. 
I love that. So another thing that we need to bifurcate here is the difference between leadership and management. So if you could tell us a bit about that. You know, I think that's an amazing question because in today's business world, I think we're, we're misusing both terms. We, we believe that because I'm a manager, I'm now a great leader. Or because I'm, a, uh, I'm not a manager, I can't be a leader. There is a big need today for both leadership and management. And I'm going to start with leadership. Leadership is about creating passion and focus within your team so we have influence. When you are a leader, you do not have to have a special title. A leader is about your behaviors. And when I say leadership is creating passion and focus around something, people will want to follow you. People get excited about that direction, that vision that you're casting. So this is that emotional side. So leadership, passion, and focus. Management is creating competent and productivity inside an organization. Competency and productivity. So many businesses today need a lot of a lot of management because they're not managing their skill sets they're not managing their productivity and so a great manager if you're a manager of a team a department whatever it might be your role is to ensure that we have the skill sets that we need we're developing our team and we're getting the results that we're after that's what a manager does when you tie leadership and management together we not only get results because we're focusing on them, but we have clear passion, energy, and focus around the future, around a bigger picture of why we're here in the first place as an organization and as a team. So my belief is today that we need, we need greater leadership and management in every business. And leadership is not about a title. It's all about how you communicate, influence, the energy that you bring to that team, bring to that table. Great. And I think that's a really great distinction. So the title of your book, Monty, is called Pulling Profits Out of a Hat. And sometimes as business creators, that's what it feels like, except in some, in some modalities we cannot find the hat, we cannot find the magic. So tell us a bit about what inspired that book and what we need to be looking for when we're trying to find the profits in our organizations that seem to be redlining. You know, uh, this, this journey's been about, I'm going to say, a, oh, nine or ten year journey that I've been on. Uh, about nine or ten years ago, I started working with some, some organizations that were 10, 20, 500 million in size and revenue, and I started to recognize what behaviors made each organization successful. And you know, over this time period and over the last few years, I've identified five disciplines that these successful businesses have incorporated. And it's not about a single person and their discipline. It's about an organization and its discipline. So no matter who is the CEO or who is the head of a department, what are the disciplines that we're following as an organization? And that's really what the book is about. It defines the five disciplines and about how to make them more effective and implemented. No matter who the team member is, this is how we do things as an organization. We create 
that successful business definition that we discussed. Yeah, and uh, so what would you say if you had an organization you were working with that seemed like they hit a plateau? And let me describe the plateau that I've seen happen a lot is let's say that no matter what somebody does with their business, let's say they, uh, they launch a new product or a new service or they rebrand or they reach new markets, and they double or even triple their revenue. But somehow, no matter what happens, at the end of the day, they have literally that exact same profit margin, whether it's by percentage or by actual dollar amounts that sometimes seen, that they had before they went through all that effort. By the time they turn around, they think, I could have just stayed where I was at and I'd have made the same money. And why is it I can't ever seem to break into profitability? What do you think causes that phenomenon and what can we do about it? You know, I, I think there's a couple things that we have to balance. Number one is, is that discipline in a business, do we have the, the right disciplines? And I'll, I'll share those in a moment. But I think there's a bigger component, and, and I think there's a mindset that organizations need to, to create. And, and there's a number of mindsets that I really focus on with my clients. And the first mindset is a mindset of abundance. And when I think of a mindset of abundance, it's all about how can we make things happen? A, the, the opposite is a mindset of scarcity. Oh, we can't do this. We don't have the resources. We don't have the team. We always do this. A mindset of abundance is always looking at how can we. And instead of we can't do something, it's how can we make this work. And I think that is a, is a piece of mindset that really has to be evaluated in an organization, especially a, a management team of an organization, is do we have a scarcity view or do we have an abundant view? And when we have a scarcity view, we, have, we maybe are stuck in old ways. We're doing the things the same way we did it five years ago. We haven't improved our processes. We haven't improved our margin. We haven't changed the way we act in our, our way of working. And so that scarcity, abundance, really challenges that and really makes us answer the question, how can we? Right. Now, a moment ago, you alluded to discipline. And I know in your writings, you talk about the five disciplines of exponential growth. So if you could share those with us, with us now, I think that'd be a great benefit for our listeners. Absolutely. Uh, I'll share all five, and then we can go deeper into each one. The first, first discipline is strategy. So strategy, discipline, then it's business development, then it's people. People is so important, we have to have a discipline around it ourselves, all by itself. The fourth discipline is execution, and the last discipline is mission. And I, I said last, but I'm actually going to describe it first. So the discipline of mission is not about a mission statement. The discipline of mission is all about who we are and how we behave, our core values and how we act, how we treat our internal uh, organization and our external customers. It's about having a clear purpose as an organization. When I say purpose, it's what are we here for? Why are we in business? So it should be motivating us every single day. No matter how uh, big those challenges we are facing today, we always relate back to our purpose statement so we can push forward. And 
you know, when I mentioned emotional connection, having a discipline of mission should create a fantastic emotional connection, both internally with our employees and externally with customers because of who we are. And there, there's a number of organizations out there. I, I always like to talk about Zappos. When, when uh, well, have you ever been to Las Vegas? Uh, you, you, the next time you go, you have to. Yeah, well, you have. Have you ever been to visit and taken a tour of Zappos? When I first got here, like five years ago, but yeah. You know, the the thing I loved about going to Zappos when I tour them, everything they talk about, everything they do, supports their core values. And when an organization does that, it just makes it a powerful culture and environment. And so that that's something that I, I teach my clients and that is, is taught in the discipline of mission is about who we are, our culture, our purpose, and our values. Right. So uh, that's the discipline of mission. I start there because it, it's we, we want that emotional connection. Deep down, that's what every person wants as, a, as an employee, why we love our company because of A, B, and C which leads to the discipline of strategy. Strategy defines how we're going to win. And you have to be clear on what is our strategy. And a strategy in most companies uh, are, is really based around a product. You know, this is how we're going to make this product improve our sales, our margin, whatever it might be. But a great organization is not building a strategy around products. It's building a strategy around the future of the company and how we're going to win. Uh, and so you have to determine what is our uh, key component, what's the opportunity that we're filling in the market as an organization so we can be clear on what is going to separate us from everyone else in our marketability, our leverageability, and how we get in front of that core customer that matches how we're going to win. And so many companies, again, are focused on a strategy of a product. And, uh, you know, a great example of that is uh, BlackBerry. BlackBerry really doesn't exist very much today at all in the True. in the cell phone world and because they were so focused on their product that they missed where they were going as an overall company so discipline of strategy is how we're going to win as an organization the the next discipline is the discipline of business development you know as I said, over the, the last nine or ten years in working with organizations, one thing that I noticed was many organizations would be in this teeter-totter mode. Oh, we need clients, so let's, let's focus on marketing. Oh, now we got clients, let's, uh, let's slow down the marketing. So then we're just going back and forth, marketing, fulfillment, marketing, fulfillment, and we just can't keep it balanced. The successful business that I described as predictable has consistent marketing, has a clear sales process that we teach our sales team how to follow so that we're serving the customer well and we're meeting their needs. But the third component of business development is all about a fantastic customer service. And in so many organizations, they might be able to sell a product, but when someone calls in or has, uh, has a challenge or a need that they need help with, the company doesn't have the service 
that supports the desires that they have. So we have to have great marketing that's ongoing, a great sales process, and consistent customer service. That creates the discipline of business development. The, right, uh, the, right. next, the next discipline is the discipline of people. Discipline of people, as I said, is so important that we made it a discipline all about itself. Our people have to be our most important future asset. And I say it that way as a future asset. We're strong today, but we want to continue to grow that. When I think of the discipline of people, it's about developing each individual in their personal skills, uh, some people call them soft, but their personal skills, how are they communicating, how are they uh, focused uh, on themselves and growing and how they interact, how they manage themselves and their time. Uh, but it's also about, as an organization, how are we developing our people to meet the needs of the future. For example, in today's technology world, are we giving the opportunity to our employees to be trained on the new technologies? Are we giving them the, the, the chances? Or are we having to uh, send them off to schools and then we lose them because we didn't pay for that? You know, there are so many ways we have to focus on talent development. How are we developing our future talent? The, the third piece of the people discipline is all about recruitment. If we are developing uh, the right leadership skills, if we're developing the right talent for future skill sets, we have to have the right message and attract the right people. And so, so many organizations, recruitment is uh, something that just happens in human resources and we'll let them figure it out. No, we've got to make sure that every part of the organization is a piece of recruitment as far as how are we interacting, how are we wowing people to want to come work with us and be a part of our team. That's a big piece of the discipline of people. The last discipline is discipline of execution. You know, you, you can think about we can be great at strategy, uh, we can come up with a great idea, but we don't know how to implement. Execution is all about implementation. And implementation is our follow-through, our processes, our financial controls. You know, your, your great example of, hey, we grew, but our margin didn't change. We made less money or we, we made the same money. It's because we didn't have good management of our financial controls or we didn't have management of our processes. That's all about the discipline of execution. And, you know, these five disciplines touch on every area of the business, and it makes the discipline focused on the organization, not just an individual. So I just gave you a ton of stuff. I'll let you ask a couple questions. <laughs> Actually, I have a couple observations. Uh, listeners to the Business Creators Radio Show know that not only am I the host, but I'm also right there in the audience with them. I have my notepad and my two pens. Little pro tip, always have two pens because one will break on you. And I'm taking notes. I'm looking for the slight edge in my business. And a few things you said really gave me some memories or gave me some things I'd like to mention here. First of all, when it comes to Zappos, even before I moved to Las Vegas in 2013, I had heard of them. And I had heard a story that if you called Zappos and ordered a pizza, they would make sure it got delivered to you. So I tried it. Lo and behold, it worked. Believe it or not. Uh, now, 
people may think, well, that's crazy. Why are you wasting your time uh, ordering pizzas for people? Well, here I am 10 years later. I'm telling you the story, and I'm saying, yeah, these people are freaking awesome. You should maybe buy shoes from there. So it's that idea of goodwill, that idea of standing out of being a little bit unconventional and including that in your mission and how you do business and how you project yourself to the world that can make a really big difference. Now, if you call some company and they say, well, we're not in the pizza business, but we'd be happy to help you with and then insert what they do, then that's a professional response. But if they say, oh, screw you and hang up on you because you ordered a pizza from them, well, then <laughs> we're going to be telling stories about that too. Zappos just went in the exact opposite extreme, and I think there's something about that that is cultural um, with respect to how they handle things and how they deal with prospects that create stories that go viral. And by going viral, it means it spreads from one person to the next to the next to the next. This is probably about the 150th time I verified that if you call Zappos and order a pizza, they'll send it to you. So that's 150 people I told. Because I, I heard this rumor that I thought was an urban legend. I tried it, and lo and behold, I got a pizza. Now, maybe they don't do that for everybody, or maybe they stop doing that after a while. I don't know. But just the idea that that's possible makes you a little bit curious about them and what kind of company they really are. Now, on the whole thing of the importance of training people, this reminds me of a comic that I see come up every so often, and I think it's just great. So the question is asked, what happens if we train these people and they leave us and go to work for the competition? And that will be the question that uh, maybe perhaps the bean counter will ask. And then there will be another person in the organization. They may be the HR person. They may be the training person. They may be the CEO. Or they could be another bean counter because they're looking at the numbers another way. And they say, that's an interesting question. But what happens if we don't train them and they stay with us? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, yeah. that's People, so many businesses have that fear. Well, if I put all this money into them and then they leave, I've wasted all that money. Okay, well, maybe they were the wrong person. Uh, but if we don't train them well, they will certainly stay and we will never progress and we will never become better because we have to take ownership of the development of our team. And, you know, one of the things that uh, – that I teach my clients is that when you have a new employee start, you have to have an amazing onboarding process. And when I mean onboarding, it's day one through even day 60 or day 90, depending on the type of business that you're in, that we have to uh, help them learn their job. We have to give them the tools. We have to acclimate them to the organization. That's onboarding. And so many organizations, day one, hey, yep, here's your desk, here's your computer, uh, get to work, or here's your keys to your car, go sell something, and it's just not clear enough on how are we helping people get acclimated to be their best in that role. Very true. Very true. Now, um, on top of that, let's bear this in mind, too. I have a story about a company I work for where the experience was so awful that the days that I uh, the day that I was asked to resign, I, I literally celebrated as my second birthday. Now, lo and behold, uh, over the, a couple of years following that, back when I lived in Pittsburgh at the time, you know, any time you live in is actually a pretty small town, and every industry you're in is actually a pretty small industry. When you fail to 
adhere to a proper discipline of people and you leave them with bad feelings, they leave, that can come back and get you. So I actually had a person come to me and say, hey, you know what, I interviewed for this firm uh, to work there, and I heard through the grapevine that you used to work there and things didn't go work out so well for you. Now, they made me an offer, and I'm not sure if I accept it. If I should accept it, what would you tell me? Whoa. Boy, did I, did I have the uh, malleable straw in my hands at that point. But that's the whole thing. People will remember the good and the bad of their experience with an organization. And if you train them well and you treat them extremely well and they do end up going somewhere anyway, they're going to remember that, uh, wow, you're a company that really supports its employees. You give them great training. You give them great development. You give them mentoring. So when somebody comes to me and says, hey, what was it like working there? I'm going to share that with people, and that could lead to that company recruiting more great people. Now you, now, you make sure that the door hits me in the ass after you throw me out, I'm going to tell people about how that's sung, and maybe you're going to miss out on some great employees. So think about it that way is what I would say to folks. And I have one other thought. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that that's exactly right because, you know, when you talk about the environment and the, the culture, you know, a lot of times we show our true selves with uh, employees that are leaving or with employees that uh, may leave on their own uh, without us asking them. And they send that environment or that culture, that vibe out into the world. And so no matter what kind of relationship we have with our employees, we need to make sure that the environment that we're creating isn't just inside. We make it outside so it's, it continues to attract new employees. Right. And I have one other comment here when it comes to the discipline of execution. And I think this, in a way, also goes back to the whole concept of finding your profit. Is, and I say this to people all the time, especially in the entrepreneurial world. They say, well, you've got you've to outsource. You've got to leverage. You can't be digging ditches and things like that. And the fact is that I do have a team around me that uh, supports many areas of my business that are aside from my own brilliance and my own passion. So I do want to bring people on for whom that is their brilliance and their passion, and I want to make sure I have the right people doing the right job because that helps my business grow a lot faster. That being said, I won't hire a bookkeeper. Uh, I will personally take all those bank statements and credit card statements and check subs and everything else and enter them into QuickBooks. And here's why I do it. Because I can't see for myself, and whether others disagree, doesn't matter. This is my answer. I can't see a better way for myself to be hands-on and have my eyes directly on the inflows and outgoes of cash in my organization. Now, once I have this all entered in the QuickBooks, my CPA takes that and downloads that and guides me through the tax planning and all the personal business filings and everything else. So that part I outsource. But the understanding and the entry of the data, I do that on my own because no summary report with bar graphs and pie charts on it is going to tell me as much about where my, my money is coming and going than me seeing it myself. And that is my answer. Others may disagree. They're allowed to, but this is my answer. Yeah, the, the business leaders, business managers have to understand their business. And, and that, you know, to, to your example of people or businesses growing and uh, growing in top line, but maybe not the bottom line, it's because they don't understand 
all of their expenses or they don't understand the inputs or they don't understand their cost of goods. And business managers and leaders have to understand that information. Yeah, I think I think that's very critical. Now, I see that taken to extremes where I, I remember one time, this is about 12 years ago, I, when I was in a different business, I had this one client where um, I get to their shopping cart, somebody has selected the PayPal option rather than the Visa option or something to purchase a product, and they charge like uh, half a percentage point more on the transaction. Because, you know, depending on which credit card or whether you use PayPal or whatever, it may be a slightly different percentage charge for the transaction. And um, this guy just went off over half a percentage point on a $397 purchase. And finally, I, I'm trying to resolve this. I said, you know, gee, I, you know, I understand you may be a little upset over this. He said, well, hell yeah. And he's coming to the desk. He's like, I'm a, I'm a hell of a lot upset over this. How could I lose 94 cents? And, 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 and who am I hiring to letting this happen? And I'm thinking, looking back at this today, Monty, I'm thinking, there's a reason why that guy is in middle management for a large company now instead of being an entrepreneur. Because he's one of the ones I tracked because I knew he wasn't going to make it. So there's a difference between getting crazy over $0.32 cents versus saying, wait a minute, we're paying $300 a month for the phone bill, and 90% of our communications are now through Skype and Zoom. Do we really need that many minutes on the corporate phone line? See, that's a valid question to ask, because Absolutely. that's a simple matter of allocating the percentage of money you put the communications technology in the right place. You know, and that's part of that, uh, the discipline of execution, as you said, is understanding what's most important to us so that we are focused and executing on the right things at the right time. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there's another concept, and I know we have about 10 minutes left of here, here too, is uh, when we talk about this, and I think this does relate to pulling profits out of a hat and understanding your revenue sources and your profit sources, what have you, in addition to the five disciplines of exponential growth, which we just spent a fair amount of time speaking about, you've also identified the five constituents that every business must satisfy. So if you can tell us a little bit about that. You know, we've talked about some, some things that businesses are great at uh, and, and some gaps. And when I talk to five disciplines, great businesses have all five. Uh, but most businesses, they have a gap in a couple. And one of those reasons why they have gaps is because they're not focused on the right constituents. And, you know, you think of a, a publicly traded company. Their constituent that they focus on is who? It's the investor. So there, there are five constituents, and the investor or stakeholder, as I'm calling it, is only one of the five constituents. So, yes, whether you're um, a small business and you're the investor or you're a publicly traded company and, and have an investor, stakeholders are only one of your constituents. The biggest, well, I shouldn't say biggest, they're all equal, but one of the largest constituents, in my opinion, is the company itself. A decision that we have to make every day is how are we doing things that are going to make this business outlast us? Because that's making the company a constituent. If we're only doing things for profit or margin or revenue today, we are not thinking long-term sustainability. So we have to think about how do we satisfy the company long-term. So we have the stakeholder is a constituent. If it's a, we're, in, we're the investor, that's a constituent. The second one is the company. 
The third stakeholder I want to talk about is the customer. We have to make sure we're satisfying the customer. We may have a great product, but we treat the customer terribly. They're not going to stay. We have to make sure that we are treating our customer with respect. We are satisfying their needs. You know, just, just imagine this. If every business out there, if we uh, could have retained every client that we've ever had, what would our business look like? They're a constituent that we have to make sure that we've got the right service going on for them. We've trained our team to serve them well. I, I have to share this example about a, the, the customer constituent. My, my wife went to buy a, uh, a dehumidifier, and she walked in the store. She asked them where their dehumidifiers are, and the gentleman said, we have three types. We can get you a better price if you need to. That was the first thing out of his mouth. He never asked one question to meet the customer's needs. And a big part of satisfying the customer as a constituent is understanding their needs, understanding their desires and what they're trying to accomplish. And if you make it all about price, you that's what you're going to get in return. They're gonna, the customer is always going to be asking for a lower price, but the customer wants value. The customer wants to be helped. So we have the stakeholder, we have the company, we have the customer. The fourth stakeholder is the team. When I say the team, this is every person in our organization. We do have to satisfy them. You know, one of the uh, interesting words that is so powerful today is engagement. Oh, engagement, employee engagement is is the lowest it's ever been. Well, that's because we're not satisfying that constituent. We have to satisfy and how we're communicating with them, how we uh, incentivize them, how we pay them, how we give them time off. We've got to make sure that they're satisfied because if they're not satisfied, they're going to go somewhere else. The last constituent is the community. We satisfy the community by volunteering, by adding new employees, by, by participating in activities going on in the world, in our community. We as a business, one of our duties, in my opinion, is we have to continue to support our communities for the long term. We do that not only by by adding employees, but by paying our taxes. So we've got to satisfy each of these constituents. And if we don't satisfy all of them, we will continue to decrease in business. We might be great at satisfying the stakeholder, but that's only a short-term benefit if we're not satisfying the rest. Yeah, and I think that I think that's a great round robin of looking at all these constituencies. Now, I just had another quick add-on thought about the whole thing about how I do my own uh, bookkeeping data entry. So, just think about this a little bit further. And I and I, I know we're kind of jumping back a little bit. But I mentioned, okay, so we look at we're paying three hundred dollars for the phone bill, and ninety percent of our voice communication is through Skype and Zoom. Do we really need that many minutes, or do we need to perhaps maybe reduce that account? Here's another thing I do, and I always, whenever I'm doing my data entry, which I normally do about quarterly, uh, if I know it's going to take me an hour and a half to enter all that stuff, which realistically it's all going to take, I'll schedule three or four hours for the project. The reason being is I'm going to have a notepad in front of me, and I'm going to be writing things down that I want to look into, and I'm going to do it right away. So, for instance, if I notice that over the past quarter, we pay 33 recurring charges to GoDaddy for domain renewals, and I don't have 33 websites posted, I'm going to be going into GoDaddy and asking myself, all right, 
these domains that we reserved all these years ago because we had this idea. We still doing that? No? Cancel auto renew, cancel auto renew, cancel auto renew, cancel auto renew, cancel auto renew. And to me, that circling back to the constituencies, that you know, demonstrates the loyalty to the business because if I'm not paying money for domains that I'm never going to use, that money could be going into bringing on a new team member, expanding the role of a team member, or maybe um, I, I go have these with a, with a team member and we invest in the training together, or maybe I provide them a training. There's a lot of different ways I could be using that money. So by taking the disciplines and matching them to how we serve the constituents, we can get a lot done in terms of pulling profits out of the hat as I see it. Absolutely correct. Okay. And, you know, and, and, and how we came up with that name is it is simple things that most businesses skip over, just like you're talking about, is we have so many profits that are just slipping through our fingers or slipping through the hat, so to speak, because we're not focusing on them. And it takes discipline to have that focus. Right. Very true. So I know we're near the, we're near the top here. We have a, just a couple more minutes with you. And I know that we've had a great conversation here, and I've really enjoyed this myself. And there may be some of our listeners who are sort of leaning in, thinking, how can I connect to this guy? How can I gain more from Monty Wyatt? So the floor is yours for a minute or two. Just tell us a little bit about what you have for our audience, how they can engage with you, or anything else you want to share. You bet. Our organization is called Adding Zeros, and our website is addzerosnow.com. And uh, we have a, a number of facilitators around the world that help fast-growing mid-market companies. And when I say mid-market, I say $10 million to a billion in revenue. Uh, we help mid-market companies implement these disciplines in their organizations. And that's how we add zeros, is not just in revenue and profit, but it's adding zeros in engagement, adding zeros in supporting our activities with our community and our team members and our stakeholders. And so addzerosnow.com, you can learn about our process, learn about our facilitators, uh, but you can also visit montywyatt.com and learn more about the impact that I make with my clients uh, in my personal state. But I'd love to have you go to Amazon or wherever you might find your, uh, your favorite bookseller and purchase Pulling Profits Out of a Hat uh, and help you learn these disciplines and how you can make them impact your organizations. Right. And right before we end, we end the interview here, there is one thing I wanted to mention is I noticed on addzerosnow.com, there's a button that says take the quiz. And it does a little bit of an evaluation of your company. So I just wanted to bring that to our listeners' attention as well. If you want to gain some immediate benefit, in addition to checking out the website, go to addzerosnow.com forward slash quiz. And you've got a great tool right there that can help you answer some of these questions about the disciplines of exponential growth so you can find profit in the, in the hat. So I just wanted to point that out as well. That would be well, thank you for bringing that up. I, I appreciate you promoting mm -hmm. that. Addzeroesnow.com forward slash quiz. All right, so Monty Wyatt, author of Pulling Profits Out of a Hat, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Well, thank you very much, Adam, for your time, and uh, look forward to chatting again in the future.
You bet. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.